3: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, May fifth, two thousand twenty-two. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I look forward to doing this show, the podcast, and the radio show every day. Well, Justin and I trade off, but uh, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow, uh, Friday. I usually usually always do always do Fridays. I like doing Fridays because it's the end of the week. Well, we certainly have had a couple of very, very volatile days, haven't we? Up big yesterday, down bigger today. So, the market is, you know, investors and traders haven't decided what what they feel about the Federal Reserve raising rates a half a percent, Uh, the federal funds rate, half a percent yesterday announced, you know, when they announced it, and... The first blush, apparently, they thought, "Oh, this is this is not too bad. They're going to be flexible, and you know, they they may you know everybody expected a half percent. We knew that. Everybody knew that. But then overnight, they decided, you know what? The Fed's going to keep raising rates, and maybe more than we think is wise. So, why they changed their mind, investors and traders? I don't know, and we don't know. But that's okay." You're listening to Invest Talk. I have no hidden agendas here. I'm not trying to push anything on you. This is a call in question show. You can call in and ask anything financial. We'll talk about it. Okay? Your questions drive the direction of the show. That's what we like. So it's my goal to help you understand what's going on. You know, uh, understand, answer the questions about whatever it is financial that you want to discuss. And if I don't know the answer, I will definitely say I don't know the answer. Or if I think I know the answer, I'll tell you, I believe it is this. I try to be as honest and straightforward as I can. Okay? We've been doing this show for a number of decades now. Well, over two. <laughs> and, you know, we, we are very dedicated into trying to provide factual information to listeners. Okay? And you know that today's investing world is very different than just a few years ago. I mean, we have the Fed raising rates as opposed to the Fed lowering rates. And interest rates have been falling for, what, three decades? Take a look. Take a look at the mortgage, mortgage rates, how, how high they were and then in the 1980s. We're talking about 44 decades. So interest rates have been falling, 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 falling. I think we're done. So that means a whole landscape is going to be changing, and when interest rates start to rise, even if they creep up, what assets benefit? What's suffer? Which ones suffer? And maybe we can. I've been in through both, so I I, I know what happens, um, and I've been through some pretty heavy inflation, way much heavier than it is right now. Back in what the '70s and early '80s, yeah. Much worse than it is now. And uh, so, yeah, different things work in different situations. Our economy is still very strong. Don't think it's weak. It's not. It's very strong. And that's what the Fed said yesterday. That's why they feel they can raise rates. Of course, I think they're late to the party. They should have been raising rates last year, at least started on it. But they didn't. They usually are late. Market is volatile, everybody. But volatility doesn't mean always bad. I mean, we're having some down volatility now, but even then, there's going to be opportunities presenting itself to you. Maybe we can talk about those. But I do start every show with our mission statement, independent thinking and shared success, and that means I'm going to be very upfront and forthright about our market reporting, our process explanations, our educational segments, and of course, our stock market commentary, our stock commentary. And we do it all without bias. We don't owe anybody any allegiance. That's not going to happen. So I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. You can get the, you drive the shape of the show, and that's up to you. Okay, are, we are live eight 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 ninety nine chart. We're live streaming from four to five Pacific time. We're live on the radio, live podcasting. You know, of course we. Uh, record it for podcasting. So whatever you want, we're here to answer your question. Eight 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 ninety nine chart is our number. So let's get to the first. Let's get to the first caller, Sid in North Carolina. Hi, Sid.
1: Hi, Steve. Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. It's been great. So, and I'm long time listener. Learned so many things. Even though now my coordinates are changed, but my mindsets are not going to change. Learning lot of things from you and Justin, so thank you. I want to talk about IMMD.
3: Okay. That's IMMO Limited. I
1: own small position, Mm -hmm. but I think it's a good long term and it has been down significantly. If we can add in this market or in these conditions, probably in the long run it would be a good growth stock, but I want to hear your opinion and do you think any issue with that?
3: Okay, yeah, it is a growth stock. Um, this is M-Mode Limited, out of Israel. Israel seller of radio frequency devices used in minimal, minimally, and non-invasive cosmetic procedures, uh, and in the women's health sector, medical systems equipment sector. They made money for many years now. At, every year they've been able to inc- increase their earnings per share. This year it's going to be 208. Next year is going to be two dollars and thirty six cents. From two dollars and eight cents to two dollars and thirty six cents. Last year it was two dollars and five cents. A year before it was a dollar six. The year before that, eighty nine cents. So it has been on a long uh, upward trajectory. It's a twenty four dollars and ninety two stock, ninety two cent stock, twenty four dollars ninety two cents. It was what ninety something, almost a hundred dollars a share. And last year. And today is at 24. So the question is, is it now attractive enough to 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 buy? If you the sales growth as most recent quarter, 31%, quarter before that, 47%, before that, 58%, before that, 184%. I mean, sales growth has been pretty spectacular. Okay, and the earnings are tracking it. So it has a good track record, and it's now pretty pretty reasonable. Now, the low PE range is 7, and the high is 49 in the last five years, 7 to 49. So, 7 times $2.36 gives you about a $16 stock. That should be at the low. So, I wouldn't be in a rush rush to get it at this point because it's still in a downward trend. But I think it's coming up on some strong support here uh in the twenty dollar range. So I, I think I think it's getting close. I still would just hold off a little bit, Sid. Appreciate the call. I N M D. I N M D. Okay, we also have a um recorded caller question and we're gonna go ahead and take that now. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't see him. Let's go to Taylor. He's live. Hey Taylor, how you doing? Oh there he is. Hey
2: Steve, how you doing?
3: Good. Thanks for the call. Uh,
1: Steve, I was calling today on uh, Nucor, November Unicorn Echo. Um, I've owned it for a while. It's about 4.5% of my portfolio. Um, it's taken a bit of a hit at the last, and it peaked about a month ago. Of course, lots of things have taken a hit in the last month. So I just want to know is this getting dragged down with the overall market? Uh, is it a buying opportunity setting up, or is there something else going on here and it's, it's time to start unloading?
3: I, I would probably take some profits. Uh, Newcore, everybody, N-U-E, Newcore Corporate Manufactures Steel and Steel Products for the Automotive and uh, Construction Machinery and Appliance Industries. Uh, it's very cyclical, right? We know that it's very cyclical, attached to the economic cycle. And we know the Fed is starting to raise rates. We know that as second rate. And they know they're going to continue to raise rates. And they're trying to attack inflation by slowing the economy. That's their whole purpose here raising rates and cutting their balance sheets uh, take some liquidity out of the system and slow the economy and that's going to that's going to hurt a, a very cyclical stock like nucor now i don't necessarily tell you to get out of it but you might want to cut it way back cut it in half uh, because i think earnings in the next year are going to be much less they're going to be 24 dollars and 80 uh, $0.69 cents is the estimate for this year, but next year, the year after, that's 2023, they're looking at $11.67. So everybody's anticipating a slowdown in the economy. That might, that's why the stock is kind of selling off a little bit. But before it sells off too much, I'd probably go ahead and cut it. You can buy it back when it gets about one, 110 to 120 in that range. Okay, appreciate the call. Thanks, Taylor. We have good news for InvestTalk listeners that enjoy hearing unbiased answers to caller questions at a faster pace. We have just posted an all-new April Rapid Fire hour a couple weeks ago with about 30 caller questions. It's available now as a free podcast download. Please tell your friends and friends and family about the InvestTalk Rapid Fire podcast. And now the InvestTalk phone lines are open. Call 888 chart
0: Why do listener questions make invest talk better?
2: I host the Invest Talk podcast. I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 Anytime Listener Line at 888 99Chart. 888 992
3: 4278. Let's talk to Carl and Oceanside. Hi, Carl. Yes, sir. Uh, somebody told me about that QYLD that
1: is covered called ETF. And he said to put the money in that ETF would be better than have money in the bank. It pays 11% dividend. I'm wondering is this quarterly or annually.
3: Huh. Okay, you surprised me. You want? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me about the what Q QYLD, but you want to know if the dividends quarterly, annually, or some of them even are monthly. You know, so um, I don't. It's one thing that doesn't appear on my screen as to when they pay their dividends. So let's see if I can find it as fast as I can, and this is going to be a problem. Let's see. Um, and the is no, pattern, no, market, no I can't find it right off the top of my head, but I, what I'll do and during the break, uh, uh, Carl, I'll see if I can find it and, and and report it on the air. So if you keep listening, maybe I can get it. The rate of dividend is 11.7%. This is an exchange-traded fund. 11.7. 11. Yes, uh-huh. uh. 11.7. Uh-huh. Uh, now, mind you, it's more volatile, so don't think it's – just going to be at the same price and just pay 11.7 because it has been high as $23 a share in recent months and now it's $19.35. So, you know, you know, if you had it for 3 months ago and then still had it today and it paid that dividend, you still would be losing money. Now the ex-dividend date was 418 which tells me that, and I don't have a new ex-dividend date, so it's not monthly. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be quarterly, but I don't know that for uh-huh. sure. Okay, but I'll check. And I'll get back okay. to Okay, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for the call. The symbol that is QYLD, everybody, QYLD. Well, the market uh, was down, Dow was down 1,063 points today. The Nasdaq down 647 And the S&P down 153, kind of more down today than it was up yesterday. So the hope was for a follow-through day, and we didn't get it. So the market is still in its corrective mode. It's a bear market. Anything tech, tech indexes, small cap, they're all in bear market. But the S&P and the Dow are not. feels like they should be only because we've been struggling with this for now, you know, Four months, and we're in the fifth month. And going into the summer months are usually negative, usually negative, or are less positive than the first three months and the last three months of the year. And the first three months of this year were pretty, pretty uh, tough to say it that way. Okay, we're moving into a break, but I am here and happy to take your financial investment questions. This is Invest Talk eight 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 ninety nine chart.
0: You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart.
3: Okay, my focus point today is based on the headline What do raising, rising interest rates mean? for diversification. For investors, rising interest rates environment may increase correlations between stocks and bonds. What am I talking about? That means rising interest rates. Rising interest rates makes bond values go down. If you own a bond paying 3%, the interest rate now is 5%, people will buy the new bond at 5% and discount yours, it's only paying 3%. When interest rates go up, bond values go down. When interest rates go up, stock prices struggle and go down too. And the higher the interest rate, the more correlation there is between stocks and bonds. Okay, but you have to understand how both of these entities work especially bonds I think most people understand how bonds work they go up in price, they go down in price but bonds can go up and down in price too but if you buy the bond at par and hold it until par you get all your money back no matter what the price of that bond is in between the time between initial purchase date purchase uh, initiating of that bond to the maturity date of that bond in between it can fluctuate so what's the correlation? Okay, between stocks and bonds. When interest rates generally fall, stocks have an easier time going up. So this is why. Why do interest rates go up? Just in general, why do they go up? Why don't they just stay the same? Because because lending institutions, the Fed, any, everybody who deals with bonds are fearful of something. And usually the interest rates go up when they fear... That the economy is too strong, or inflation's out of control, and they want us and the Federal Reserve starts to slow down by raising the Fed funds rates, which influence all the other rates. So bankers worry about that as well, right? Because the Fed funds, re, uh, the Federal Reserve is reacting. So bankers think, oh, I need to get more interest rate on the money I loan because you know either inflation is running, you know, unchecked or you know, there's fear that the economy is going to go down because the Fed is raising rates, trying to slow the economy, and therefore uh, I may have trouble getting my money back if I loan it out at a lower rate. So I need a higher rate of return. Get that? So if Fed is raising rates, they're trying to slow the economy. The fearful fear for stocks is that, oh, you're raising interest rates? Well, those companies that borrow money are going to cost them more. That's going to reduce their earnings. And if you're raising interest rates slow to slow the economy, earnings generally are going to go down. So my stock prices aren't, you know, maybe my stock prices are too high. Maybe I need to get, sell some of my stocks and put, to produce cash. See? So that's why there's a correlation. Now, you still have to understand how, what moves both bonds and stocks earnings move stocks bonds values go fluctuate but remember if you buy them at par 10,000 they'll mature at par 10,000 but during the if you bought a 5-year bond during that period of time they can fluctuate in value so you just got to learn how these things work to understand the correlation between okay so don't think just because you own bonds well I'm now more, much safer well, technically you are, but you still can have volatility. Still can. My, so that's the focus point today, everybody. I have others. I have other focus points. GM CEO says she can surpass Tesla in producing electric vehicles. Hmm. Why does she say that? Oil is likely to stay high above $100 this year, $100 a barrel. Okay. And what does history say, happens to stock markets after a 0.5% increase in the Fed fund rate. You'd be surprised. Let's go to Jeffrey first, though, from El Paso. Hi, Jeffrey.
2: Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on uh, VMware, ticker Victor Mike Whiskey. It's a uh, tech
3: stock. Okay. Uh, Tech stocks are really getting beat up, as you've probably seen, right? I mean, but let's take a look at VMware. B M W, I believe. VMware yeah, uh, provides virtualization software, enabling organizations to run multiple operating systems. They make money; They've always made money. They're in, they're going to increase uh, next year to seven dollars and seventy four cents. This year is a little bit down: seven dollars and two cents from last year of seven twenty five. It's a hundred and four dollar stock sales growth is in the high single digits at quarter after quarter and it's been that way for some time i don't think that's going to change so let's see is it worth a seven dollars and 74 cents next year worth 104 dollars stock is that worth it no dividend so you're just basing it on growth and growth is slowing I, i'm thinking i i'm thinking that it's, it, the stock is right near its value, about $100, $105, so I don't think it has a lot of upside potential, so, so I'd be very, very careful. I, I don't think I'd earn, enter a position at this point. If you listen to Invest Talk on a regular basis, you probably know that Justin and I are independent investment advisors who act as fiduciaries. But if you are new to investing, you may not understand what that means. So as we go to break, here is my two-part trivia question. Can you define what a fiduciary is in simple terms? And how long has the term been around? After break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open. And I encourage your investment questions, 888-99-CHART.
2: Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com, that's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com.
0: This is InvestTalk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume, because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART
3: 888-992-4278 I asked a trivia question before the break about fiduciaries. A fiduciary, what is it? Uh, so, can you define what a fiduciary is in simple terms? And how long has the term been around? So, let me start by giving you the most common description. The term fiduciary is defined as a as one who holds a fiduciary relationship or acts in a fiduciary capacity. I love it when they try to explain something to you using the term they're trying to explain. Makes no sense to me, right? Doesn't really help you. Now, maybe this term started, by the way, in around the 1600s, fiduciary, okay? I thought it was actually a long time before that. I thought it might have been a Greek derivative, and it's not. And It's a Latin derivative, and anyways. Uh, So a better definition. Someone to whom property or power is entrusted for the benefit of another. I want to explain that. Okay, so. The most reputable financial advisors are fiduciaries. Why? Fiduciaries are professionals who are sworn to act in your interests while managing your assets or money. In other words, rather than making recommendations in their own self-interest, like selling you high commission things, pushing products that pay them a lot of money, a fiduciary financial advisor is obligated to make recommendations that benefit you, only you. Okay, not them who are selling it. The advantages of working with fiduciary are numerous, of course. And a Northwestern Mutual study uncovered that American adults who work with fiduciary advisors reported substantially greater financial security, confidence, and clarity than those who are not. Just so you know. We're going to go to John in San Jose, listening to us on KDOW. Hi, John.
1: Good afternoon. I love your show. Long time listener. You're right on the money, buddy.
3: Thank you. Appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I um, I bought a, a gamble a little bit, bought a thousand shares of S D S about three minutes before the market closed yesterday. I'm up over, 15%, yeah. up over fifteen percent. Up over fifteen percent right now. Huh. So should I hold it or <laughs>
3: I'd I I, I I'd pocket that money in a heartbeat myself. 15% in a day. Come on now. Oh, 15, 15%. <laughs> I know, 15% in one day. That's great. Yeah. That, great job. Yeah. And what that is, everybody, SDS, it's called ProShares Ultra Short SP and 500. So that's an ETF seeking performance corresponding to 200% of the inverse of the S&P 500. So – if it goes down 10 points, the S&P 500 goes down points, this this inverse fund would go up 20 points. So he bought the very end of a positive day yesterday, and the market tanked today, so he made 15% in one day. Now, I'm I'm thinking the market might bounce a little bit going into the weekend. But you know what? It could also get just weaker and weaker and weaker. Uh, but man, when I make that kind of trade in a day, I, I just go ahead and take it, and not sweat over it. <laughs> I just that's don't.
1: why I call because I, I'm basically a day trader, but what happened, uh, I've learned through years, you have to go completely opposite human nature. When a stock goes up, people say, buy it, buy it. And that's yeah. the worst thing. In other words, when it goes up, that's when you want to sell it, right? Buy low, yeah. sell high.
3: Correct. Correct. Yeah. So you are sell. All you right. bought. So you on an inverse. You bought low and you sell yeah. high, inversely. What do you What do you, predict, what do you project? though so in the next like sixty, ninety days, I think there's going to be a big crash. A big. Crash. Uh, I think the market's probably going to have a very difficult summer. I, I don't know. Uh, I could see it easily moving the S and P 500 and the Dow moving into bear market territory. That they're not in yet. The Nasdaq is, and small caps are, but not the big guys. But I can see that happening in the summer months. Yes, I don't know about a crash, because the economy is so strong. But the Fed is pretty bent on slowing that economy, and they tend to get it wrong. So I'm not confident, John. I'm not confident at all. Okay. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I try not to. I try not to use the word crash. Because uh, that's a pretty bold call. I I, I think it can just works its way down, though. If, if the market, okay, just for everybody out there, especially your newbies out there, the new guys, if the market crashes in just a few days, that is a buy signal, not a sell signal, as John just pointed out. But you, when you're looking at a market that crashes or give a really strong sell signal, you're looking at... You want capitulation by investors. You want to see the market go down on high, high volume. Everybody just panicking out. We haven't had that. Last two days, they've been elevated volume, but not super high volume. This is a little higher volume. Today, it was a little lower volume. So, no. We haven't seen the end, in my opinion. Okay? Okay. Okay, GM CEO, uh, she says they're gonna GM's gonna surpass Tesla in producing electric vehicles. How is she gonna do that? What makes her think she can? Tesla's got a pretty darn big lead. And her focus is gonna be on cheaper cars, cheaper EV cars. Tesla's cheapest model is forty-six thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine nine hundred and ninety dollars MSRP manufacturers. Retail price, forty six thousand nine hundred ninety. GM says they their GM their cheapest car right now is the Chevy Bolt at thirty one thousand five hundred. She says they can make a, them as low as thirty thousand dollars. So that's how she, want, she they're going to take over market share from Tesla by offering a cheaper car. We'll see, won't we? I'm not. I'm not convinced of that. There's there's going to be such tough competition for EV vehicles by all the manufacturers. We'll see who wins. Yeah, it's not, there's going to be multiple winners here. This, we'll just see who how the market share. Market share means how much of a hundred percent pie. What what manufacturers has what piece of that pie? Thirty percent, twenty percent, ten percent. That's market share. How much market share do you have? How what's your share of that pie? And right now, that pie is dominated by Tesla. Okay, so that's what she's talking about. Let's swing back to another InvestTalk Voice Bank question. That was a listener from Washington State.
2: Hello, thank you guys for the great show. My name is Preet. I'm calling from uh, the state of Washington. Calling in regards for stock ticker AMRC. I have a half position in it. It seems a little expensive
3: right now at about 40 plus times earnings, but I do like the space. So I would love to get your guys' opinion on it. Thank you again for the great show. Bye. Okay, this is uh, Marisco Inc. Uh, they are they are out of Massachusetts. Provides upgrading services for energy infrastructure, construction, operates small-scale renewable energy plants. Okay? It's a $59.88 stock. Uh, They're going to make $2.08 next year. um, This year, they're making $1.87. Last year, $1.51. So they've been pretty consistent in earnings growth. Sales growth has been pretty steady um, and high, 88% growth in sales in the most recent quarter, 32% in the quarter before that. The quarter before that was a shrinkage of 3%. I'm not sure why. So I, I'm this, this, the growth is there, but it's not as steady or accelerating as you would like to see it. It just kind of quarter to quarter jumps up and down, but not. But the down part is very very low, muted, let's say. So what is two dollars and eight cents worth? Okay, uh, well in this case, it's going to be worth between twenty dollars and. Let's take that. I'd say $60, and it's right now fifty-nine eighty-eight. So I think it's a bit pricey. I think it's on the high end of their range. So I would be very cautious about entering at this point. Um, I think I can go down to $40 easy, and I would feel much more comfortable in that area, 40 41 42 instead of 59 So just be patient. And I've been saying that a lot lately, everybody. Be patient. We're moving into some of the toughest months of the market year. Just, you don't, there's no big rush to put your money to work. There isn't. Okay. Well, the second quarter is moving right along. You know, I mean, we're in the, what, the May 5th. What is that? Almost half, halfway, another week or two, and we'll be halfway through the second quarter. The year is already, already one-third past. I mean, we're moving, though. The year is moving fast. So I think it's worth the time, take a minute or two, to talk about us, Justin Klein and I and KPP Financial. We're in Calif- Irvine, California. That's in Orange County between LA and San Diego. And I'll remind you that here on Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And how we implement that, is, as we've said every day, we provide unbiased guidance, but we also practice what we call parallel investing, meaning we buy and sell the same stocks for ourselves as we do our clients at the same time, same price, same percentage in each of our different programs. We have five programs going from very risky to not so risky at all. But even the not so risky, just so you know, it's in the bond market. That non-risky, so there's volatility, but we buy the bonds and hold them to maturity. So we know we're going to get them back to par. So, you know, we it's not very risky. If you look at buying the bonds, just hold on to them to mature, you'll be fine. Rising interest rates environment, though, means bond values will go down. And a lower interest rate environment means bond values go up. But anyways, we'd love to take 10 minutes to talk to you. We'll take a look at your portfolio if you want us to. We'll not try to push anything on you. We'll help you with your portfolio if you need that help. Uh, And if we can be your money managers, registered investment advisor firm, we'd love to do that. But we don't have to. We will help you. We promise. I promise. Okay? Next up, we'll get to another caller question. Hang in there.
0: Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice.
1: When do I know the right time to take profits?
0: And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show,
1: and I've learned a whole lot.
0: So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888 99 Chart.
3: Eight 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 Let's go to Bobby in Atlanta. Let's talk about the NASDAQ. Hi, Bobby.
1: Hey, Steve. Uh, so the volume today, the volume was lower than the volume yesterday. Uh, and today, as you know, the market tanked big time. So what is it telling you if the volume is less on a down day versus the volume being more on an up day?
3: It means that no one's panicking out of the market. That's what it's telling you. And if so that's they, a good sign, right? Well, yes and no. If the market continues down with no one panicking, at some point there's going to be panic, and then you'll have a really high-volume spike. But it also could mean, well, no one's panicking out, so the market's probably going to calm down. So you, you got both those scenarios going on at the same time, and you do not know, no one knows which one's going to be the winner. Now, I think the odds, the odds are the market's going to continue down. Okay, uh, I the market doesn't have to have a panic sell-off to tell us. Okay, all the weak we call them weak hands, all the weak holders of stocks are out. We want them to be out. Once they're out, then the market will bottom and start moving up. But I don't think we're there yet. I just don't. Okay. So it's hard yeah. to you know you. And it's an excellent question, by the way, Bobby. And this is this is the language trying to understand the language of the market. You know, it's telling you something, right? It's telling us something. Mm -hmm. But I don't really know. It's either telling me this or that. And I can't tell which one is. The reason why I think it's telling us that it's still going to go down is because in the background, you have the Fed going to keep raising rates, even though the economy is still very strong. But he's trying to, the Fed is trying to slow the economy. And there's an old saying, don't fight the Fed. The Fed will always win. So if they want to slow the economy, they can make the economy slow. They can, and they probably will. Okay? Okay. Be be careful. Thanks, Bobby. appreciate the the question. That was a very good question. Very good. What is the market trying to tell us? It's telling us something. Remember, earnings are pretty good for corporations. Uh, we got eleven and a half million job openings out there; they're not being filled. We got we got jobs numbers coming out tomorrow, by the way, for the month of April, the official jobs do- jobs report. So, what is the market telling us? Is it telling us, well, geez, we're going to go down? Well, it's got a lot of headwinds. It's got that war in Russia and Ukraine in front of us. It's got a weakness in China you know where they're shutting down certain cities is that still in there and we got inflation that seems to be pretty elevated and not in there, under control even though i think we're seeing a close we're getting close to the top if we're not there but the only because the fed's trying to step on it but the step, fed's could step on it pretty hard and cause a big problem you know it could cause a, you know could cause a recession good Craig from Seattle. If you'll hang on, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peason. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom, and our work will continue. So get your questions in. 888 99Chart.
0: Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email would you like your question to be put near the top of the list just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for invest talk at itunes and be sure to include a brief question with your itunes review
3: comments we're going to go ahead and talk to craig in seattle wants to talk about geopark hi greg hey how you doing good thanks for the call Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've got uh, some
1: small positions in GPRK and SM, and just looking for your take on those.
3: Okay, uh, GPRK, Geopark Limited, is a Chilean company in Chile, engaged in onshore oil Mm -hmm. and gas exploration and production in Chile, Colombia, Brazil, Peru, and Argentina. This stock is a pretty low-value stock. Earnings are going to be $4.58 next year. $4.95 $4.95 next year, so it's going to go down. But it's a $16 stock. So that's a right. pretty cheap company. So why is it so cheap? Sales are doing well. They're growing. The $100 a barrel oil, you know, this company is going to do very, very well. All comp, all oil companies right. are. Uh, so why is it cheap? For Two reasons. One, it's in Chile, so you have the political risk of what's going on. And all its work, all its production is coming out of, Chile, Colombia, Brazil, Peru, and Argentina—all South American. So they have some political risk there, which worries market participants. And it's a small cap company; it's small. It's not quite a billion dollar, getting close. But is the risk worth the re- possible reward? And my answer would be, probably, probably. Yeah. You know, so, so I, I kind of like this one. If, but you know you're just taking a little extra risk because where it is, and it's small. Okay? Sure, sure. Craig I can't take two, but I, I'll be called back, and I'll take the other one later. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate the call. You got it. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Um, oil is likely to stay above $100, by the way, per barrel this year, the whole year. I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly confident it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay there. So, do you know what Buffett put on which stock he bought a lot of shares in in the first quarter of this year? Chevron. That's his fourth largest holding now, and he started buying it not that long ago. Occidental Petroleum is another large oil company he started buying a few years ago. Uh, So, you know, what do you think of – I've been suggesting for – all the way until last year, maybe before, you know, you need to have big oil somewhere in your portfolio. There is a place for that, okay? And I still think there is. I still think there is a place for that. If you can buy it on any kind of weakness, I would suggest you do it. You know, oil, oil was so depressed when everybody was so high on clean energy and, we don't want that dirty energy anymore and so it was very depressed uh as far as values on these companies and and uh and uh oil prices per se but as soon as the supply shrinks a bit which happened with russia all of a sudden everybody's trying to scramble on to pump more oil out of the ground and oil prices are really high we, we are going to need oil for many, many years. Uh, you know, the EV revolution is going to continue. Not a problem. I see it's continuing. I think it's a good thing. I don't have a problem with that at all. But the issue is, is oil is still going to be in high demand. Or We have not seen world peak demand yet, and we probably won't see it for another 10 years. Now, we may have seen peak demand in the United States. That's what I'm pretty sure of. But I'm talking about worldwide. So just think about that, everybody. Think about that. And, you know, I've been pretty negative this, this hour on the market, but what do you think the market history tells us what happens after the first half a percent move by the Fed up? When they raise rates by half a percent, what happens to the market after that, 12 months after that, is the market down or up? What do you think? The market's up on average 7.3%. One year after, the Fed raises the rate a half a percent. Going all the way back to 1978. So don't be too negative. Don't I don't want you to think I'm too negative. I'm still fully, I'm not fully invested, but I'm pretty heavily invested still. I think you should be. Now, the types of investment might be important, right? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. Your positive rating raises our profile, and we do appreciate that. But you don't have to be positive, but we would like you to be positive. But we would like to rating. We really would. Thank you. Independent thinking and shared success, this is best talk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature
4: of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24 hour listening line at 888 99Chart.